I'm going to talk a little bit more about equanimity and some of the aspects of equanimity uh, today. Equanimity is one of the most important qualities in uh, in in the in, in the Dharma, in the, the scheme of teachings. It's one of the most important skills, if you will, that we're asked to develop. Uh, equanimity, we develop through concentration, and we also develop it by being connected to the heart. So equanimity is a quality of concentration, and it's also a quality of the heart, a sublime abiding in the heart. So we develop this quality of equanimity, and I, of course I talked about this last week. Uh, we develop this quality of equanimity in breath meditation. In our breath meditation, we develop the quality of equanimity, and it's really that quality of inner strength. Uh, so, uh, you know, and really kind of the way that you develop that quality, I mean, you all have the capacity to develop it, but the way you develop it is through practice. And it really, you develop it primarily in sitting meditation, and it's really kind of through repetitions. You develop that quality of inner strength, just like if you want to develop strength in the arms, you know, you got to do a lot of curls, you got to do push-ups, you have to do exercise. So, you know, it's through the meditation that we develop this quality of equanimity. Now, one of the functions of equanimity is uh, it enables us to have this quality of space. Uh, we talk about this a lot. So there's this quality of space that enables us to observe our experience without being enmeshed in it. So we've, we've used this acronym uh, over the last year or so, uh, since the pandemic began of ABC, awareness, breath, compassion. So when we bring awareness to an emotion, if it's anger, if it's sadness, if it's sorrow, if it's distress, if it's worry, if it's dissatisfaction, some kind of an emotional pain, if we bring awareness to that, and usually we want to bring awareness to these emotions as a felt sense in the body, if we bring awareness to it, if there's equanimity and space, there's some space between us and the emotion, if you will, or the way the Buddha describes it. It's like one person looking at another person, or a person sitting on a chair looking at a person lying on the floor, or a person standing looking at a person sitting on a chair. So there's this some space. There's a subject-object relationship. There's We're an observer, and we're observing uh, with some space this quality of anger or worry or dissatisfaction or fear. Uh, and we're able to use the part of the mind that observes. We're able to use the part of the mind that observes when there's this quality of space and equanimity. Uh, and you know, within that space, there, there's wisdom. And this is a lot of what I talked about last week. Uh, there's that wisdom develops in that space. So uh, some of the, the teachers like Ajahn Sumedho and uh, Ajahn Amro. Uh, you know, call this kind of awareness where there's space, intuitive awareness, you know. Uh, there's wisdom that begins to develop in that space, the wisdom that's in the heart. Uh, so we're aware of the emotion, and then we come back to the breath, right? You're aware of it for a few seconds, right? If, particularly if it's in real time during the course of the day. So there's this space where, okay, there's sadness, there's anger, there's distress, I'm aware of it. And then you go back to the breath. And if there's equanimity, and the degree to which we've developed equanimity, we're able to stay with the breath and not go keep going back into the emotion. Now, you might go back into it a little bit, but to some extent, you know, we're able to stay with the breath. So this is kind of like a really good 
uh, way to understand what equanimity is, in addition to understanding it as having space, is that we're able to keep the mind where we want to keep it, regardless of what the circumstances are. Or we're able to put the mind there on the breath, where we want to put it, regardless of if there's different emotions and different kinds of pain that we're experiencing, we're able to separate and we're able, at least to some extent, to stay with the breath. I always say, you know, it's sort of like, you know, I was talking to somebody about this the other day, you know, we were talking about working with different emotions and different, you know, different kinds of emotional pain and suffering that comes up and, you know, I was saying, well, you know, for the most part, it, it, that hasn't changed, you know, in terms of the suffering and the emotions that come up. Uh, you know, what's changed for me is, is there's more space and there's more ability to put my mind where I want to put it. So my relationship to the emotion, my relationship to the pain is different. You know, if we can change our relationship to it, then there can be wisdom. And just changing your relationship to it and just being able to have equanimity, uh, I mean, is, 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 is really transformative. So, uh, so that's kind of like a little bit of a, a, an understanding of what the equanimity that we develop through concentration is. You know, and that's really paired with the equanimity that's a quality of the heart, right? These four sublime abidings of metta, loving-kindness, compassion, appreciative joy, and equanimity. So equanimity is also a quality of the heart. Uh, so, you know, this is a quality that you have. You have this quality of equanimity in the heart, uh, uh, just like you have metta, just like you have compassion. We have to develop these qualities, and we have to put them to good use. We have to put them to good use. So equanimity includes acceptance. So a good way to, to kind of understand this quality of equanimity in the heart is that uh, you know, one of its primary functions is acceptance. So when there's some kind of pain, if it's an emotion or whatever, or if there's an emotion, uh, when there's this experience that's painful, a painful emotion, or it could be a painful experience in the body, when we uh, are established in equanimity or connected to equanimity, there's space, right? That's the, that's the equanimity that comes through concentration. And then there's acceptance, right? So there's space and there's acceptance of the emotion, uh, of the pain, of the emotional pain. So, uh, you know, this quality of acceptance is, uh, again, this is something that you have. This is innate. Uh, you know, I mean, again, it has to be developed and put it to good, put to good use. It's actually one of your, you know, just like all these Brahma Viharas, I mean, these are your great potentials. You know, your innate wisdom and these qualities of the heart are your potentials. You know, and, and I mean, I kind of like that word, uh, you know, uh, they're, they're potentials, you know. Uh, you know, it's kind of, you know, this idea of potential, to some extent, uh, would suggest that they may be not developed, but we have the capacity to develop them. You know, our job in meditation is to develop our potential. It's not to get something that we don't have, it's to develop the qualities that as a human being we've been blessed with. You know, we've been blessed with an innate wisdom. We develop equanimity, you know, and that's sort of the really the defining quality that enables us to get space so that we can begin to connect to our innate wisdom. Uh, we have the potential for these qualities of loving kindness and compassion and acceptance. Uh, so, uh, you know, I always find it really interesting because, you know, when I incline to acceptance, it's right there. 
you know, it's right there. It's just like we don't use it. You know, it's, it's like one of these potentials that we have, like all these potentials that we tend not to use or we don't use to the degree that, uh, that uh, we can use them or we don't know quite how to use these potentials that we have. So equanimity, this equanimity in the heart is really rooted in the innate wisdom that's in the heart. You know, it's the innate wisdom that understands that our human experience is made of pleasure and pain, you know, and that it's in flux between, you know, it's this process of experiencing pleasure and pain, pleasure and pain, pleasure and pain, and pain is part of life, you know, it's an unavoidable part of life. If it's emotional pain, physical pain, etc., this is a part of life, and as human beings, we're going to experience it. You know, this is part of what it means to be a human being. So equanimity is rooted in this understanding that this pain we experience, if it's emotional pain, is part of what it means to be a human being. But we don't tend to think about it that way. You know, we kind of take it personally. Like, this is happening to me. Why is this happening to me? I'm sure it's not happening to the other, you know, 25 other people who are, you know, in this class today. You know, it's happening to everybody these different emotions that we experience, the physical pain, uh, all the different aspects of pain that we experience are just part of what it means to be a human being. You know? uh, and life is going to include pleasure and pain, gain and loss, uh, status and disrepute, praise and blame, and this is just the nature of what it means to be a human being. That understanding is in the heart, and that's the root of acceptance. So. Uh, in equanimity, there's acceptance. There's acceptance of pain. There's acceptance of our emotional pain. There's acceptance of painful emotions. In other words, there's acceptance of suffering. Uh, there's acceptance of uh, the painful circumstances of life. So, you know, this is a, this is kind of a you know maybe a refined point, but you know if you think well, there's acceptance of the pandemic, right? You know that's in the heart. You know, what does that mean? Uh, that means if you're developing acceptance of the pandemic, what you're developing is acceptance of the pain, right? There's acceptance of the pain, you know, that this is part of your human experience, this pain that you're experiencing with regard to the pandemic. Uh, there's acceptance of, as we chanted, sickness, aging, death, and separation. You know, there's acceptance of of sickness, aging, death, and separation. Now, to a great extent, what that means is there's acceptance of the pain of sickness, aging, death, and separation. You know? You know because those are painful experiences. You know? I mean, anybody here who's aged, you know, and you, know, you reach a certain point, you realize the pain of aging. You know? The, just the physical pain of aging, right? Uh, you know, and then there's the emotional page of pain of aging, and of course there's the pain of, of illness, and the pain of death, and the pain of separation, the emotional pain when we're separated from all that's dear and appealing to us. You know? So when we say, you know, we, we, you know, there's acceptance of sickness, aging, death, and separation, means we're accepting that they're painful. We're not shying away from that. You know? We're not shying away from that. You know, the Buddha's not shying away from that when he says we should reflect on these things and we should reflect on them frequently. So, uh, so, you know, these aren't, 
you know, you know, it's it's not our nature to accept sickness, aging, death, and separation. It's not our nature, you know, or our habitual way of relating to our experience. It is our nature. It's our, you know, nature is a tricky word, but it's not our habit to accept sickness, aging, death, and separation. We take it personally. Why is this happening to me? Uh, it's not our habit to accept the pain of the pandemic. It's not our habit to accept the pain of these these painful emotions. Uh, our habit tends to be to go into non-acceptance, right? So, uh, you know, often when there's pain, more often than not, you know, our habitual tendency is when there's some kind of a painful experience, like an emotion that's painful, when there's a strong emotion, or not even so much a strong emotion, if it's anxiety or fear or worry or distress, our tendency is toward non-acceptance. So this is kind of one of the really important things for us to begin to see as you begin to start to learn to begin to turn towards your pain and look at it and bring awareness to it, right? I mean, this is what we're, we're asked to do. First, you have to bring awareness to your pain. Now, that's the A in ABC. You know, really what the A in ABC is, is, you know, stop running from it and just turn around and look at it and be aware of it for two seconds. Be aware of it for three seconds and then go to the breath. And of course, if you have some space and if you uh, are able to stay with the breath, uh, you know, you, you know we're, then we're you know, more able to develop acceptance with it because we know that we you know, have a refuge and then we can connect to that quality of acceptance in the heart. So, uh, you know, our tendency is to kind of run away from pain. And even if when we're aware of it, you know, even when we're trying to bring mindfulness to it, is what I'm saying here, uh, is that there's non-acceptance. So this is kind of the, you know, the, the frame that we're kind of working with here is like as you're making an effort to be mindful of pain, as you're making an effort to do the A, B, C, as you're making an effort to, you know, to be aware of, you know, the different emotion that's arising for you, from you, you know, there needs to be space, but also acceptance. You know, we want to develop this quality of space and acceptance. And typically, you know, there might be space and not acceptance. So, you know, typically, uh, you know, there's non-acceptance. That's the, that's the tendency. So you got to kind of work at that a little bit, you know, because it's your potential, but it's not the potential that we've developed and it's not the course that we've usually taken when there's pain. So it's important to see the non-acceptance of the emotion when you're trying to make, uh, you know, practice mindfulness of a particular emotion or a painful experience. So I used to always say, you know, the way to develop acceptance is to see non-acceptance. You know, if you want to, you know, if you want to, you know, if you want to get some acceptance into the cup, you got to pour out a little of the non-acceptance. You know, and you do that by seeing the non-acceptance. You do that by seeing. You see, you know, you know. I mean, we talked about this a little bit last week. You know, our, our habitual ways of relating to these experiences, you know, you know, you know, in, entails largely non-acceptance, like not wanting the pain, right? Wanting to get rid of it. You know, having that agenda, perhaps, you know, all right, I'll do that ABC. If, and I, if that means I can get rid of it, if that means I can get rid of it, you know, wanting to get rid of it, wanting to fix it, trying to fix it, trying to analyze it, you know, you know, one of the real sort of insidious ways that we practice non-acceptance is let me use this Dharma strategy to get rid of it or fix it. 
you know, and sort of, I mean, that's kind of like insidious because, you know, sort of our non-acceptance is cloaked in, well, I'm using a Dharma strategy. I'm relating to it using, you know, the aggregates of the Four Noble Truths. You know, yeah, you're doing that because you want to get rid of it. Uh, you know, our non-acceptance manifests in, you know, thinking about it. You know, so this is sort of how you might recognize non-acceptance, you know, is you're thinking about how you can get rid of it or how you can alleviate the pain. You know, you're trying to think your way out of it. You're trying to think your way out of it. So, you know, maybe there's the pain of the pandemic and, you know, we try to think our way out of it. You're feeling pain and say, oh, it's not so bad. You know, this is an opportunity for, for me to work on my creative stuff, you know? This is an opportunity, you know, and Zoom is great, you know, you know, and that may be true, but if there is pain and you're not looking at it and you're trying to talk your way out of it, it indicates non-acceptance. So you have to be really careful about like, oh, the pandemic is okay, I don't mind it, as a way of trying to talk your way out of how it's painful. You know, what the Buddha asks, you say, no, this fucker is painful, you know, and, you know, and, and, I, and, 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 I, and I accept that. You know? You know, when you do that, what happens? It's like, ah, because you've seen the truth and you've learned to look at the truth and have acceptance of the truth. So, you know, the mind is very tricky in terms of the ways that it, it asserts non-acceptance. You know, we try to talk ourselves out of our pain. You know, this is very, this is a corollary to, you know, if you have a friend who's in pain, or for, my, for myself, if, you know, if I have a friend or as a Dharma teacher, I have a student who's in pain, I don't try to talk the student out of their pain, you know, you know, I mean, you know, and that's not what you want to do with a friend who's in pain, but that's what people do, right? Oh, it's not so bad, you know, you know, it's like, you know, what do, what do you want to do with a friend who's in pain, you know? I, I hear what you're saying, you know, I'm with you, I understand that you're in pain, right? You know, you turn towards it, and you, and you model that quality of acceptance and fearlessness, right? Because that's how you really help a friend, not by trying to talk them out of it. Because if you're trying to talk them out of it, what you're doing is really, you know, you know they're, 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 they see your fear. You know, you're afraid of it, and so what you're transmitting to them is your fear, you know, and your non-acceptance of their pain, and your uncomfortableness with their pain. And that's what we do with ourselves, right? That's what we do with ourselves. So the way out, of course, is to turn to the painful emotion and develop acceptance. So, uh, so you know, if so, when we're when we're aware of an emotion, uh, you know, uh, if whatever it is, it could be subtle, it could be worry, it could be anxiety. Uh, you know, we bring our awareness to it uh, with space, and you know, see if there's non-acceptance of it. You know, what I'm usually trying to do is look and see, is there non-acceptance of it, you know, and then try to assert acceptance. Because again, if you don't see the non-acceptance, then you're trying to get acceptance into a cup that's filled. So what I'm trying to do is, is there non-acceptance of this, and then, and then assert acceptance or cultivate acceptance. And how do you do that? You know, this is sort of one of those questions that nobody ever gets. You do that through fabrication. You know, so for me, it could be something as simple as, okay, there's that, there's that, uh, there's that emotional pain, there's that distress, all right, bring awareness to it with their space, okay, I can see there's non-acceptance, all right, let me have acceptance of this, I can be with this, 
let me be with this. I don't have to get rid of it. Keep it really simple, right? This is a simple process. I can be with this. You can be here. That's okay. I don't have to get rid of this. It's a right for this to be here. You know, you find your own words, and then you incline to that quality of acceptance that's there, that you have within you, that you have within you. It's right there. I mean, usually when I start to say the words, it goes straight to the heart. It's the same thing that you're doing when you're doing metta or compassion practice. I have a wish to be happy, and you start to feel that in the heart. All right, this can be here. You know, the heart understands that. The heart understands that. It goes right to the heart. You know, you use a few words of fabrication and it connects you to that quality of acceptance that's right there in the heart. But it's important to use fabrication, right, and to be proactive because non-acceptance is so habitual. And the, mind's, the mind has such deep grooves of non-acceptance. So if you don't use some kind of fabrication, the tendency is for the mind to go right back into its habitual ways of doing things. So the way that you counteract non-acceptance is by digging some new grooves in the mind or creating, if you want to get all neurosciencey on, uh, if you want to get all, you know, into neurals, you know, creating new neural pathways. And you do that by using fabrication. It's okay for you to be here. It's all right for this to be here. I don't need to get rid of this. That's one of mine. No, I don't need to get rid of this. This can be here. This can be here. So, you know, this quality of acceptance goes against the grain, you know, that we've, you know, it goes, it's, it's counterintuitive because it's not the way that we uh, are, have typically have been, you know, uh, to allow pain to be there. You know, uh, it's counterintuitive to allow the pain to be there, to allow the pain to be there. It's counterintuitive to accept our habitual patterns of pain and suffering. And of course, all the qualities we're developing of concentration sort of enable us and put us in a good position to be more accepting. If we're developing ease and pleasure in the body, then it's a little bit easier to be more acceptance of some pain, right? So acceptance of pain, painful emotions, acceptance of these emotions, acceptance of suffering is necessary if we're going to find freedom from pain and from suffering. It's necessary. You know, it's the path through. It's only through acceptance of these emotions. It's only through acceptance of our pain, our emotional pain. Uh, it's only through acceptance of uh, you know, sickness, aging, and death that we can find freedom. You know, so we kind of want to change these painful emotions. Uh, you know, we want to change our suffering, but our task isn't to change it, but rather to change how we relate to it. You know? So you know, you know, this is what we're talking about, seeing it as opposed to denying it and running away from it, having space, having acceptance. It's very simple, right? You know, I'm, you know, I'm giving all this stuff because I got to give a 20-minute talk, you know? It's really simple, really simple. See your pain with some space, cultivate acceptance. Back to the breath, you know? The breath is kind of your, you can do that while you're on the breath. Very simple, very simple, very simple. I mean, I can't tell you how many times, you know, well, all right, there's an emotion, all right, I have good space, you know, but the mind is like, I don't want this, you know? So that, that acceptance is so important, right? So you have to really work on, you know, that quality of the heart that's already there. So, uh, you know, when there's, you know, you know, when there's equanimity, when there's space, when there's acceptance, you know, it leads to the heart, it leads to wisdom, it leads to compassion. 
So, you know, our, our wisdom understands pain. You know, our wisdom in the heart understands our pain and understands what it means to have a skillful and unskillful relationship to pain, understands what it means to have freedom and that we can know this freedom, you know? But we have to create enough space so that the wisdom in the heart, so that we can be connected to the wisdom that's already there within us, that's already there within us. You know, we're trying to use sort of the intellectual mind to talk our way out of pain, you know? Uh, but the way to find freedom from pain is, is through seeing it, having acceptance from it, having space, and letting the heart understand it, our innate wisdom. One of the things, of course, that our innate wisdom understands is the pain isn't who we are. You know, the pain isn't who we are. It's part of our human experience, you know, but it's not who we are. Just like, you know, you know, you know, pain in the knee isn't who you are, you know? you know? It's just like that itch that you had in the meditation isn't who you are, you know? You know your pain isn't who you are. You know, the heart understands that. Your wisdom understands that. Uh, you know, when there's non-acceptance, uh, uh, you know, the, you know, you know, where, 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 uh, you know, non-acceptance is kind of a function of the thinking mind, which is rooted in ignorance. You know, so when there's non-acceptance, I don't like this. I want to get rid of that. Now you're in the thinking mind that's rooted in ignorance, and it thinks the pain is who you are and you become identified with the pain, because you know, that's what we're typically doing. You know, uh, you know, you know the, the, the thinking mind does not accept this aspect of who we believe we are. Uh, it thinks this is yours, this is mine, my pain, my pain. And it thinks you have control over it, which is really the, you know, sort of the biggest, uh, you know, the biggest, or one of the biggest ways that our ignorance, you know, our lack of understanding manifests. Yeah. So, you know, your wisdom understands your pain isn't who you are. Now this is, you know, the fancy word in Buddhism is anatta, not self. You know, your pain is just sensation in the body. It's not who you are. If you really look at it, can you find a you in it? You know, it's not who you are. It's just a sensation in the body. Tangling, tightness, isn't this what we always try to... Tangling, tightness, round, burning, whatever. So you are not your pain. So, you know, this is an understanding that transcends intellectual understanding. So if you try to understand it, you know, uh, you know the mind is going to kind of get, uh, you know, you know, you know, in, you know, uh, you know, in a knot about it. Uh, but you begin to start to understand this if you can start to accept your pain and have some space and be able to look at it and let the heart understand it. The heart understands that it's not who you are, that it's not who you are. So, you know, when there's non-acceptance uh, of our pain, uh, it's a burden, you know, it's an additional burden. It's sort of like our burden is a, you know, our pain is, is painful, but the non-acceptance is, 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 you know, is painful, you know, and it's really, in many ways, the non-acceptance can be more painful than the actual pain. You know, trying to get rid of pain is painful, and it brings more pain. Not wanting 
painful emotions, not wanting the anger, not wanting the sadness, not wanting the distress is painful and it increases your pain. Uh, suffering about your suffering is painful and it's often the most, the greatest form of suffering. Our suffering about our suffering is often, uh, and generally speaking, greater than our suffering itself, right? So, you know, and this is one of the things you start to see, right? So, you know, again, it's a simple practice of seeing what's arising for you, seeing these painful emotions, seeing what's painful in the body, you know, and again, they may be subtly painful, I'm using the word pain, but, you know, it's like with any kind of emotion that we're clinging to, you know, it's painful, uh, there might be anxiety or worry or sadness or whatever it is. Uh, so it's, again, a simple practice of turning to it, having space, having acceptance. And, you know, when we do that, there's, there's a quality of peace that's there, right? You know, you, you know you've experienced that. There's like a, a relief. You know, there's a relief there. It's like, I don't have to keep running, you know? And now I see what the truth is. You know what? And you know what? It's not nearly as bad as I thought it was. You know? There's this quality of really relief and peace when you begin to uh, accept what's painful. You know? And there's a movement towards freedom. So acceptance really, you know, what we're talking about is how you begin to move towards freedom. You know? So, you know, what's freedom? You know? You know, the Buddha said sickness, aging, and death is, is inevitable, you know? Uh, these things are there, pain is there, but we're free from them. We're free from their burden. We choose not to pick up the burden of these things. You know, the Thai teachers say, you know, there's a mountain there, you don't have to pick it up. You know, we're picking up all these, uh, these burdens. Uh, so uh, we're free from these burdens of our pain. You know, and this is what we're striving for. You know, the pain is there, but we don't pick them up. You know, there's going to be pain in this life, you know, but we don't have to suffer over it, essentially. So when there's acceptance and space, uh, you know, the doors to the heart begin to open. The doors to the heart begin to open. You know, and that's why there's that quality of relief and peace when you turn to the experience and have some space and there's acceptance of the emotion. You know, the doors to the heart begin to open. You're beginning to crack open the doors of the heart, and we can begin to move forward and live from the heart. Uh, 